begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is I, Chris, aka Star Raptor, joined by the usual crew. Tonight, we have Bill in returning, as well as Ben, to talk all about our week in Star Wars, as well as some Star Wars music. We have more of a faster paced episode this week because, well, we made up for last week with having like a almost three hour podcast. So we're going to have more of like an hour ish podcast this week. Um, <laughs> scheduling uh, things on my end kind of got us started late if you're watching live. Um, but how's it going, Milton? I want to I want to check in with you. I want to check in with your overall thoughts on Obi Wan. Um, being we didn't get your your final analysis of the series last week, and and if you'll give us like a score out of ten, like we usually do per episode, um, you can start us off, man. How you been and everything like that? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, you know, last week I couldn't be on the podcast. However, I did watch a little bit. It was a long show, so I do appreciate it. And let's say your guest was awesome last week. Um, but no, my, my thoughts on the show overall with Obi-Wan, I very much liked the show. Um, it was one of my favorite shows anticipated. I made that very clear. I thought the show was fairly consistent for, the, for what it was. Could have been better in certain areas. Yes, of course. Um, but it wasn't trash. I'll tell you that right now. This is probably one of the better Disney Plus shows that's been made, whether it's Marvel, you know, Star Wars, whatever. So I thought Obi-Wan's character was true to light. I mean, that was the show. It was called Obi-Wan. So if he was consistent, that's all that mattered to me. And yes, seeing Vader was dope. Seeing Hayden was off the chain. I liked the the, the Rep Reva or Reva character. Um, yes, there were some low points with the show, but they weren't bad where it took me out of the show. It's very much rewatchable. Um, if I had to get this to score out of 10, I say 8.75. You know, um, just because there were some some hiccups. There was an episode that I didn't like, but there were some hiccups with some of the writing, some of the direction that we talked about. The music wasn't the greatest. However, it wasn't garbage. But like I said, I think it deserves an 8.75, which is a really good score. If they want to bring it back for season two, I'm all about it. Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen did no wrong when it comes to being in this show. They are great actors, and I love how they portrayed the characters. Yeah, so you pretty much came along with what I acknowledged the show to be as uh, last week. I think I had the lowest score, and I, th I believe I still actually have the lowest score. Ben, what did I get? Did I give it like a 7? I think I gave it a 7. I think I you said, said 7 or 7.5, 7 and I said an 8.5. Yeah, yeah. And then and Matthew from Ion Cannon, mm -hmm. I believe, gave it like a 9 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, well, and, and honestly, with those four scores, I mean, that probably comes out to about an 8.2, 8.25, 8. 8. Yep. You know, so that's not bad. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think that's like a fair range. Like, it, like I would say just like the general gist, like, you know, you get on social media, you know, you, you throw out some of the, the high-end scores, like the 10 out of 10s, and you throw out some of the, like, 0 out of 10s. And I think the happy medium is about, like you said, Milt, like an 8.2 type range for the show, like, just overall. Yeah. Yeah, so it's crazy how fast that Obi-Wan came out and how it's already finished and it helped because I was at Celebration, so like half the series was over with by the time I came back. So that that was cool. But on the horizon, um, on the horizon, we got our next big thing. It's not directly Star Wars, but we did get the release trailer and the poster for Light and Magic, an upcoming six-episode docuseries. Man, oh man, I feel like Disney just loves those six-episode series, whether it be Ms. Marvel or any of the shows relating to Marvel, basically, and, and Star Wars. Um, 
And that'll be a, its own conversation for another day because I feel like that's not enough episodes for most of these things. I feel like right. a lot of these things get rushed. But anyway, we're getting this new docu series. Did either of you watch the trailer? I, know, I think Ben, you watched it because you sent me the link. Yeah, I think I think it um, should be pretty interesting. I'm not sure if you'd caught it, but Lawrence Kasdan's um, directing the whole thing, so that's that's really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it'll just be a really good. You know, another one of these really good behind-the-scenes type featurettes that we are getting. And, of course, like you said, you know, Disney Disney Plus is like calling card is six episodes, and they're sticking to it on this one. So, uh, yeah, I think it should be pretty interesting. And it'll just give – it'll give uh, – I would say, like, of course, all of us, you know, hardcore fans, like, know about um, all of this. But it'll be, it'll be nice seeing the details that we don't know. And it'll also be good for the people – the more say general audience that are like, you know, surfing Disney plus and they're like, Oh, let me find something to watch. Oh, let's, let's see what this is. And, you know, dive into it. And, you know, Oh, this is the company that's behind all these movies and projects and things and blah, 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 blah. blah. So like, I think that's where it'll like be impacting. It'll give us hardcore fans more details as well as, you know, pulling in people that may be more like, you know, just surfing Disney. Yeah, I don't know if you guys watched the other documentaries that don't have anything to do with Star Wars. Um, one of the first things I ever watched on Disney Plus was like the sixth episode, like at least an hour in length each episode of just like Walt Disney and like his start from like what he did until he created all the parks. And there was another one with like Pixar and stuff like that. Like I feel like this, the, the trailer I've seen for this definitely sounds like it's going to be up there with like that first season of the gallery Mandalorian, which I also really enjoyed yeah. that one a lot where it was like six or seven or maybe even eight episodes. I think that original one was it really dives in. I like how the trailer opens up with this with George Lucas just talking about industrial light and magic. And mm. I mean, that's where it spawned out. He's the guy that paid the bill. He needed that studio because he literally says in the trailer, there was no other effects house to even hire. Right. I had to create my thing from the ground up. Yeah. So what do you think about that, Milton? Are you going to be checking I love this, this one out? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be watching this. You already know because y'all know how I feel about the behind the scenes. And what's nice is we've gotten a lot of the original crew doing the storytelling. You know, uh, all these guys that were back in the 70s and 80s and even in, with the prequels. I think was it uh, it was a Doug Chang was in yeah. this. John Knoll. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that, I forgot the one guy's name, but he's got Dennis like that Mirren. mullet back in the day. Yeah, Dennis Mirren. Phil Tippett. Yeah, like all those guys, yeah. I love listening to them talk because they are part of that original crew with Ralph McQuarrie back in the day. So knowing that they work with him with all his artwork and they brought that to life, I'm all about it. So you know I'm going to watch this. And I literally thought about this the other day when I was eating lunch at my job. I'm thinking, like, we're going to have to break this down in, in the podcast. Okay. We're going to have to break down each episode because this is what I think as hardcore Star Wars fans – like to talk about is like look at the behind the scenes stuff when it comes to the original trilogy and the prequels those things still hold up today because there's always tidbits that you realize you don't know about you're like wait a minute i didn't know they did this or i didn't know that what was the meaning of that i felt we're not really getting enough of that with the newer films that's why it's nice to go back and revisit the old stuff to say okay how does it line up how do these creators really tell these stories and literally, I just had a conversation with one of my good friends, James, about this because he didn't realize that Pixar was a George Lucas creation. Yep. He didn't realize that ILM was a George Lucas creation. I'm like, dude, the reason why we have Marvel, the reason why we have DC and all the special effects, sent, well, the reason why we have Jurassic Park 
is because of ILM and George Lucas. So, again, this documentary for any fan of movie making should watch it. Oh, yeah. And the fact that Lawrence Kasdan himself, because I was here, I was there during the panel at Star Wars Celebration when they were talking about this very soon. They showed us parts of the episodes and it looks really well made. Uh, but it's cool to have a guy that was there. It's not just like some guy from ABC News or whatever news network that's like looking in from the outside. Like Lawrence Kasdan was there like with these people. Exactly. Cause he wrote The Empire Strikes Back. Right. So he was in the midst of all the chaos. Yeah of what was happening. So he has that firsthand experience and he's got those personal relationships with the people that I mentioned that you mentioned exactly. that is able to kind of draw probably more information out because he's got more rapport with these people to begin with. So I mm. think, the, like you said, Milton, anybody that's a fan of movie making is probably going to want to check this out regardless because you said of all those other big fandoms from Jurassic Park to E.T. to even probably like Indiana Jones, like things Indiana probably Jones. Like you wouldn't even yeah. expect. Because, we don't yeah. get Lord of the Rings. The way Peter Jackson made that film, and obviously, you know, the creator of that story, they put that onto words. We don't get that on the big screen without ILM. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, literally, I was just going through their, their page the other day. I they, they The films that they do each year is crazy. I don't know how they oh, keep yeah. up with the work. You know, where they're like, they're hit. Marvel uses them all the time. J.J. Abrams companies use them all the time. Like every major film company or even private ones. Yep. Or let's go to I. We, we need a special effect done for this particular thing. ILM is going to come through with that. Like that's oh, yeah. a lot of oh. work and responsibility. I mean, I just watched the original or episode one documentary. Even George Lucas said it back in 1997. He's like, if we can make Jar Jar work. If we can make this, you know, CGI stuff work, then everyone else is going to come to us to want to do their movies. Like, we have to yep. make this work for episode one so we can get other people to come to us. Like, he foresaw this back, what, 23 years ago, 24 years ago. So it's like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely crazy. And, um, you know, there were so many big breakthrough moments, like, you know, like you mentioned with Jar Jar. And then another one, I'm sure they'll get into it in the documentary like the whole um the breakthrough for Jurassic Park like the T-Rex exactly. working and the dinosaurs working like that sort of stuff revolutionized movie making i mean without that sort of stuff like we wouldn't be getting all the different things we've had and you know you mentioned Milton how many movies <clears throat> movies they've done i believe it's um i think i saw the number it was like over 350 total movies they've been yeah. um affiliated with which is insane like considering exactly. like how, you know, that's so many different movies. And we're um, not even looking at the TV component of it, too. Because I'm sure they yeah. probably done some TV work. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but, so the yeah, cool we'll, thing about... We'll definitely get into it when it comes out. Yeah, the cool thing about this is I looked up, you know, the six weeks from July 27th, um, the day that it comes out. It's going to bring us right into Andor. So guess what, guys? We're going to be talking um, new Disney Plus content from my birthday onward until the foreseeable future because <laughs> I'm about you know, to say, we, Bad Batch. Yeah, my birthday too because you know my birthday is the 29th which is that Friday oh yeah which I won't be yeah because I'll be coming back from Florida that day while you're talking about you know the first episode that's yep. all right we'll do a little recap like we did with your Obi-Wan yeah. reaction just talking about right off the top about about how you feel you know it's swinging into the normal kind of routine here if yeah. you guys are listening, we always go live around 9 o'clock, except in circumstances that I can't control, like today. Um, had to do a CPR class um, after the fact of my job, and it ran a little longer, for those of you um, that, that needed to know that information, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> But usually around 9 o'clock Eastern. 
Um, but then we're also, uh, you know, for those of you that want to listen to us, you can download us. The new episodes go up every Monday morning for your commute to work on everybody's favorite day of the week, Monday. Um, so with that being said, out of the way, I don't have anything in particular Star Wars related that happened to me this week, oddly enough. Um, but what about you guys? Uh, yeah, I'll go first on this one. So last week I got another tattoo um, and I texted you guys about this, but literally my tattoo artist and I talked about Star Wars for three hours while he was doing my tattoo um, because originally he started talking about um, Lord of the Rings and how his kids Ooh. started watching or not Lord of the Rings, uh, Harry Potter. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, I like Harry Potter, too. And we were just talking about our favorite ones. And then he said, he's like, hey, he's like, do you watch? He's like, you like Star Wars? And I'm like, yeah. And literally, he's like, wait, he's like, did you, what do you think about the sequels? And of course, that got me sparked. And then I said, I love the prequels and the original trilogies. And he's like, oh, so did I, dude. He's like 10 years older than me. He loved everything about the prequels, <laughs> the original trilogy. He they, literally, they pulled out a box oh. of comics. There's these five tattoo artists, guys. Damn. Pulled out a box of comics that had all the Anakin, huh. Obi Wan comics in it. He's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "I got you sitting here in the back," and I'm like looking at him like, "What?" I'm thinking of you guys the whole time, especially you, Chris, because you're probably gonna lose your mind. And then we started talking about the shows, the books, the audio dramas. He loves Darth Plagueis. He loves oh. Palpatine. Like literally. He's like, I want to start a trivia game night like at the local bars in our town. And I was like, dude, I'll be down with that. Like, I gave him my phone number. I followed his Instagram page. Like, we became like best friends that day over Star Wars. So (laughs) what was nice about that is that Star Wars can bring people together. And I love that. You know, again, I'm a huge nerd. I have no problem admitting that. I don't look like it, but I am a huge nerd and I love it. So... And if it's going to bring me closer to people and just enjoy their interactions, I'm going to do it. Yeah, literally, some, one of my clients today, he was like, I, I was telling him how many Star Wars shirts he, I have. And, you know, we were working out. And uh, he's like, dude, you should just, too bad you just can't wear a Star Wars shirt every day. You'd probably get so many clients. And I was just like, yeah, yeah you're probably right. It's a way to break down the barriers. People are like, hey, it's cool to, like, work out. And, like, like people have this stigma. It's like, 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 no, it's like people look at you. Oh, yeah, there's no way that guy's a nerd. But deep down, you're, you're a huge nerd. Oh, God, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, it'd be funny. It's like, hey, that guy's cool. I could probably, like, have a conversation with him because he's not just wearing a uniform, you know? It's, it's like, yeah. as long as I wear a name tag over the t-shirt, I'm good. And I was right. like, yeah, dude, I have enough t-shirts um, to last me like two months if I wear one a day. Like I have Exactly. I mean, it's, so it's, it's amazing how this property can really just bring stuff out in people in a sense of like community, you know? And again, we don't, we don't all don't have to agree on the films or the shows or whatever. That's fine. But there's something out there that we all like about Star Wars as a community where we can like, oh, I can sit down and have a conversation with this person, whether I've known you for years or I met you for one day off the street. Like I said, I just I met this guy twice and literally huh. our second time we've we've spoken about doing this tattoo design. We're talking about Star Wars the whole time while he's really inking up my arm the whole time. I'm thinking that's amazing. So, yeah, I told yeah. him I said my next tattoo would probably be a Star Wars tattoo. It's funny because, like, again, like with with the industry I work in as a trainer, like I, I, you know, I it takes me a couple of weeks to get to know some of these people that I work with. Some of them are quiet. Some of them will tell you everything right off the bat, and uh, it's always a cool moment. Like I had like I think a week or two ago, 
when the one guy I trained mentioned he's watching Obi-Wan, and I just, like, was like, what? Like, I, like, <laughs> I did not, I was like, every time that happens, I'm like, dude, like, I will talk your ear off about Star Wars for an hour. Exactly. Easily. Exactly. I was like, I could easily just distract you to the point where you might have to tell me to stop talking and do more reps, because I will sit there and talk <laughs> to you about Star Wars for yeah. well over an hour. So it's always exactly. funny, because, like, when, it, when, it, when that barrier breaks down, then I'm like, oh, we can communicate. Like, like I have like a whole new sense of who you are. If you if you enjoy talking about Star Wars or any other fandoms, I asked like now we're like talking about the boys every week and like, oh, what happened? You know. So it's a cool when these fandoms get to break down that that social construct of you know who we are and stuff. Right. All right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yes. Um, without further ado, Ben, do you have anything you want to uh, talk about with your week in Star Wars? Otherwise, we're going to go into the <laughs> big main topic of tonight. Um, all I had, to, all I had, like really, um, in terms of Star Wars this week, you know, I I got thinking more of just like concepts, for example. So, like, I was watching um, Batman Begins, and man, like when Raza Ghul and Batman are training up in like the mountains and stuff, that really got me like thinking more and more about like kenobi season two because i was like man i could just see like a force ghost qui-gon like coaching obi-wan out in the desert like you know just telling him different things and whatnot because like liam neeson like did such an amazing job as raz al ghul and it's like i could easily see him doing like a jedi version of that with obi-wan out in the desert on tatooine and like season two of kenobi if they do that you know so it was just like more thinking along the lines of like potentially what if like if we do get a season two like that would be an amazing sequence to see, you know, Liam Neeson, just his force goes kind of like training Obi-Wan, like directing him, like use their force this way or that way or whatever, you know, like that sort of deal. Um, so, yeah, just more of like concept than um, anything like eventful happening in Star Wars for me. Yeah, that's that's the thing that was like training him. I don't see there's much of a point in training him at this point. because right. I mean... For, from a physical perspective, I mean. No, I, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, as in like the um, the uh, immortal stuff. Like, I don't know, have Obi Wan using the Force some way or another, and oh. Qui Gon being like, yeah. you know, like, Qui Gon being like, no, like how Yoda, yeah, like Yoda was speaking to the the Guardians of the Wills or whatever they were. I see. Uh, yeah. in, in the lost episodes. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's more what I was thinking along the lines of like just the spiritual side of the force like you know obi-wan's not reaching out good enough or whatever you know just just that sort of thing like not the physical side but uh more just like that sort of thing and uh i feel like that'd be just like a cool sequence to see if just liam neeson just kind of coaching him up on how to you know become like force immortal or if i guess a force ghost oh okay okay yeah uh, um just, just ideas yeah i mean there's there's a lot of potential whether or not it continues for season two or uh, stays where it is, I'm fine. Yep. I'm fine either way. Um, I have something. I, I it's kind of breaking news. I'm scrolling um, through things, and for all clarity, I did not prepare show notes for this week's episode, guys. <laughs> 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 but it looks like um, Taika Waititi's film, according to Bestman Bulletin, is filming early next year. Do we even oh, know nice. what it's going to be on? I don't know, but Bestman Bulletin is, is, let's see, according to, oh, this is actually even a more, uh, not saying that Bestman Bulletin is not credible, but their source is actually THR, uh, the Hollywood Reporter, so it's, you know, this pretty much says it's in lock for um, early 2023. Last we left off, like, 
we he he sounded like he doesn't even know if the if the, his script was going to go through. Like I've seen interviews where he's like, "Yeah, if they accept it, whatever." It's like the way he responded to one reporter was like, "People are running with the article of saying maybe his movie doesn't even happen, but according to this, um, early 2023." So you know if it's filming in early 2023, we're not getting this thing until 2024. Exactly. Um, you know, and honestly, we don't even know what the movie's going to be about or what the premise could be. So I, I don't even know. Yeah. That, yeah the only that's thing that's that the big thing. Yeah, I, I would. I would hope by tw- I would hope by celebration next year, then we have a full panel, so at least announcing the cast, at least, right. you know, it, it, telling us what the movie's about, because <laughs> exactly. that's a big deal. Um, oh yeah. yeah, for for sure. For me, I, I still I still banking on. I think I think it's gonna be twenty five because twenty four is Avatar, but yeah, you know, it's just it. That's the thing. Um, just because those movies, you know, they take so long to film. And potential, you know, it says early next year. Like early next year for them could be April. So like that's that's the only um, thing with that. And it just mm-hmm. it comes down also to like like you said, Milton. Like what's it even about? What time period is it set in? Et cetera, et cetera. Like there's so many questions about that movie. And I really don't think unless we're gonna unless we get like leaks and stuff or just Tyga or whoever talking about it. I really don't think we're going to hear anything about it until Celebration next year. Well, like, here's the, the actual details. Here's the thing. I'm also looking at this article, and it's both claimed. I mean, we have two big conventions coming up in a couple of weeks. We have San Diego Comic-Con. I think it might be shown off for something there because they've already announced that uh, Marvel's going to have a panel. They already announced that DC, which is Black Adam's going to have a panel. So it's like I'd be very surprised with those heavy hitters showing up, that Lucasfilm would show up empty-handed and if they did then they also have d23 that's coming out um in the beginning of september like the actual d23 not like the one they had last year so if we don't go if we go without any word of this in the next you know by the end of summer i'll be i'll be very surprised i think at least one of those conventions they will at least announce what the heck the thing is going to be called because if he's if his script is that far along i'm sure he's on like several drafts where they can at least like give us a blurb of oh his movie's at least going to take you know four thousand years in the past like give us just a quick like one sentence declaration of what it is and that'll be enough to satisfy me and then come celebration they could have like concept art and maybe actually announce the cast because if they're filming by then obviously they would have to have the cast and they you know so we shall see but it's just a nice update um because other than that, everything's been kind of on the quiet for the last couple of weeks for anything anything Star Wars. We did get um, an image released for Andor this week. I think that was from Empire or something. Um, I don't know if you know the exact source where that came from, Ben. Um, but it was very interesting. Uh, Tony, um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm not sure the exact source, but continue. Uh, I believe, um, I don't have the article in front of me, but I believe the f- they're almost like Clone Wars arcs. From what it sounds like, like oh yeah, the, the twelve episodes are broken into like four parts, like of three episode arcs. I don't, I, I know that's for, I year two or season two. I don't know if that's because season two, for instance, it'd be one year per each, um, batch of three episodes leading up into the same year as Rogue One. I'm not sure how the first season was structured. Um, I don't know if you can clarify on that at all, Ben, because I think yeah, you read so, that article. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I um. So the first season is year one, and then it sounds like the second season is years two, three, and 
four. So there'll be three. It sounds like it could be three, four episode arcs. Um, and then potentially, you know, if there's another season, maybe like year five would be like the lead up into if they, you know, if they do a third season or something. But it, the way I interpreted it was um, season two is years two, three, four. And that's how they're going to um, play it out, which, you know, as you mentioned, it's nice that they're doing that. And I put in our group chat, like, this could potentially change the way Disney Plus does things in general for storytelling, mm. especially Star Wars, just because, you know, think about it this way, guys. Like, say if they announce a, um, you know, of course we want, like, the most possible content, blah, 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 blah. But what if they ever announce, like, hey, we're doing a three-season uh, Luke series between episodes six and seven, and then they're going to use that same structure. So, you know, between six and seven, we have, you know, whatever, like 25 years or however many years. So, you know, they could easily break up, say, three seasons into, like, you know, season one, say, 10 episodes. And then, you know, you have three, three and four episode arcs. So then, you know, that can be like the first two or three years or four years. And then season two can be another four or five or even eight years, whatever. And then, you know, you can progress stories you know, you can condense the stories into arcs and still be progressing like the characters forward in time. So like you could cover potentially 20 years of Luke over a three episode or a three season arc. You know, you could you can use that storytelling just to almost, you know, of course, we would want like we'd want like every season just to be like one full year or something for, you know, maximum content. But if they don't do it that way, at least we would be getting more of the story progression of the, like the characters were enjoying and stuff. So I think there's a chance they could use that in future storytelling for Disney plus heck, they might even, you know, if we ever get anything with the solo stuff, maybe, maybe solo, they'll do that with him. Like, you know, there's plenty of different opportunities for them to use that arc or that style in their storytelling. Yeah. So, so pretty cool, exciting update there. Yep. Um, there was one comic that came out this week, Halcyon Legacy issue number four. You can check that out on my YouTube channel, which you're watching now. Go ahead and check that out. I'm going to throw this one over to Milton because you were the one that came up uh, with the idea for our topic to discuss this week. And it's all about Star Wars music. So I don't know how you want to introduce this or how you want to go about yeah. starting it off, but I'll throw it over to you, man. Yeah, so um, I thought about this, obviously, because, you know, you wanted to put it out there, but... Um, I used to listen to uh, the Rebel Force radio podcast mm -hmm. with um, Jason and Jimmy and all those guys. And they used to have David W. Collins, who used to work for LucasArts, you know, all that stuff. He did. He, and he still does work for Lucasfilm, yes. but he does like some music stuff. And he actually always did a segment called um, Star Wars Oxygen, where every those particular episodes, he break down like the music and they, they call it Oxygen because he's like music of star wars gave the the film's life you know like we need oxygen to live and function star wars m movies are space operas that need the music to tell us how to feel in those moments of storytelling and moments of character development and that type of thing so i just always felt that because we rarely talked about music on this podcast talk about the different scores what we liked about them what was our favorite scores the impact of these composers most importantly, with John Williams, I believe he's retiring. I believe yep. was it this year after or next Indiana year or Jones. After Indiana Jones, like he, he's he's a legacy. He'll never be forgotten. So I figured let's 
talk about some of our favorite music, whether it's soundtracks of Star Wars, our favorite individual tracks, um, the different composers that's been a part of it. So however you want to do this, we can start it whatever way you want to start it. Yeah, uh, we could just go through and just highlight maybe the, the, the tracks yeah, that resonate with us the most, mm-hmm. that elevate um, certain scenes the most in Star Wars. I think it's funny right. because the epitome of how Star Wars um, is affected by its music is, is all over YouTube. There was a video that was exactly. put out a couple of years ago um, with the, ba- the, the Avon ceremony without sound. And you, you watch that scene and just just look at that emotion there's like no emotion it's just so lacking right you can hear the sound effects and it's just very awkward but then when you add that sound and that 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 sound like you know i know people that have weddings that come out to that track like that was my ringtone for the longest time so so for me like that that song just is so heroic and just it has a feeling, and that, that adds to everything Star Wars. It it, it gives you that feeling of, um, you know, terrible loss or terrible uplifting, and everything else mm-hmm. in between that adventure and and just everything that John Williams did. He is the lifeblood of Star Wars. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's pretty sick. Um, and that and that will, I guess, that's from New Hope. We'll start there, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I'll just I'll go chronological order, I guess, but. You know, a, a track from me when it comes to New Hope, um, it's probably was I guess the Force, you know, track. I believe uh, that's whenever, or maybe that's like the Luke's um, uh, theme. It's kind of like a little bit of both, but whenever he looks at the twin suns for the first time, dude. Yeah, I think I think that's called the Force theme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, you see that, and then like just seeing how that ties in, how that that theme is obviously through entire Star Wars. But I love how. John Williams and George Lucas uses that theme when it's appropriate, and they seem to always nail it every time. Whether it's the epic conclusion of the film to say that hey, this is this is a character's journey or the character's moving forward here, just whenever Luke looks at those twin sons, it's dope. Like I still get the goosebumps anytime I hear that particular track in that movie, um, and and I loved like in that particular movie how it was very much seventies. And how like and, and how operatic it was, but also something new at that time. We weren't born in the '70s, however, you can definitely tell that particular soundtrack is very distinct from all the other eight, eight to nine films that were made. So, oh yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. When it when it comes to the Force theme, like that's one of the most iconic um, scores in the entire saga. Like it, it, you know, it hits on every level. It works for. Um, virtually all the characters in, in the gal in the um, like the main the main force using characters for the entire saga. So like, you know that's that's great in and of itself. And then, you know, I feel like another aspect of New Hope to go along with like the Yavin theme, the Force theme. Like for me, I think one of the biggest um, things that really, you know, it ha- can't even be understated is just John Williams hitting the actual opening theme for Star Wars A New Hope. Uh... Like, it actually working. Because I feel like, I feel like if you give, you know, for, like, the opening crawl theme, like, if you, if you make it some, I don't know, some weird, you could only imagine, you know what I mean? Like, a 70s, like, weird, wonky sounding theme, it totally just 
probably sets you in a totally different mood for the movie, for the audience at the time, and maybe Star Wars doesn't even hit. So, like, that's kind of, like, my thing from A New Hope. I feel like, um, for me, like, the big takeaway track is just the introduction of the actual Star Wars theme, because, you know, you play that theme anywhere in the entire world, and someone knows what that's from. Right. Oh, yeah, one, one track, and, and I guess what we'll do is we'll kind of go, we can go through, like, one track from each movie in chronological yeah. order, because I'm already yeah, thinking that about works. that in the back of my mind. Um, one last honorable mention I will put out there for A New Hope is the Leia theme. Now, that's a theme that never really, like, resonated yeah. with me. Like, I never, it was always in the background. I never really thought much of it. But I'll tell you what, once, you know, Carrie Fisher passed away, like, that song, like, hits me every time now. And they've used it so many other times in different other things. And it's just, like, even in, like, the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale, like, when I started hearing that, I started getting the feels. I was like, oh, man. You know, it's that, just... That one of those yeah, things where you, it, like it, it transforms. Awakens. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they use yeah when they use it with the Force Awakens with her, because we weren't sure how Carrie Fisher was going to be in that movie. I'll be honest with you, but when she walked out and Han, I think because he saw her for the first time in how many years, and it's like wow, yep. they really got that Leia theme going on. They got that love soundtrack going on. It's like okay, this this works. This still holds up. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then going over to the Empire Strikes Back, one thing of adventure that I really like, and they also brought it back into um, the opening uh, sequence and also the Obi Wan finale, and that is the asteroid chase sequence. I, I think it was yep. also featured in Solo, and it's just that very kinetic, like very fast, uh, just very graceful, but also just like oh, we're under pressure kind of feeling to that song that really lends itself to the peril. And what is happening on screen, which is it, it, it heightens the mood like everything else. I really enjoy that yeah. track. No, that that's one of my favorite ones. And if if thank God you said it because it was going to be mine. But I I'd go with a different one for me, I guess too. Um, I'd go with the the Hoth battle, the the battle in the snow. I think that's what the title is called, the battle in the snow. Um, just how they're on the they're at the speeders, um, and they're going up against the AT-AT walkers. I love that whole scene. I mean, I love that whole entire movie, but that particular mu music, just to show the intensity of how dominant the Empire is and how how the, the Rebel Alliance really don't have a chance. Like They get wiped out, pretty much. And that score really intensifies that particular scene and how both sides are who they are. Oh, yeah. Both of, both of those theme, most Both of those songs are... Um... You know, excellent tracks. Like that's why you know the original trilogy. You know, we all talk so so like so highly of it and everything. It's just the music hits so well. Like there's not a track in the original trilogy that is bad in my opinion. Um, other than what we'll get to in Return of the Jedi after this, but um, I uh, I I think for me, like my iconic scores, like would have to be. You know, like you said, Chris, like you, you have the asteroid theme. That's iconic. That's really great. The Hoth theme. Um, that was like my original choice. But I would say another choice for me has to be like just the subtle music that's in the background of Luke and Yoda talking on Dagobah. Just because like, you know, that's that's like setting up like Luke's journey, like becoming a Jedi and all that. And I think um, without a lot of those these pieces of music. You know, as you mentioned, like about the, the Yavin celebration, like if you take off the music in the background, if even the, Yuka, the Luke and Yoda stuff, 
Like, it's subtle music, but if it's cut, those scenes would still come off really weird. So, like, um, I just feel like that's an integral part of, like, Luke's journey and, uh, you know, just teachings with Yoda and, of course, Obi-Wan. Like, and, uh, yeah, that's what makes that um, one of the top three scores, I would say, for me from Empire Strikes Back. I um we'd be very much remiss if we didn't mention the Imperial March. I mean that might be one oh, yeah, next to sure. the original <laughs> crawl. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean you right. don't even. And, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm about to say, Chris, you're right, and I think we were probably going to all think that at one point because they they use it, I believe, in Re- Return of the Jedi at one point as well. Um, but yeah, the Imperial March. I mean, you're right. People use it at their weddings. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like pe- people use it at graduations. Baseball games, some, everything. Baseball games. People Football probably use games, it at whatever. funerals, okay? I haven't, I haven't seen it done at a funeral yet, but I can see it being done at a funeral. Oh, my god! But, yeah, no, the Imperial March is fired. I mean, it, it's it's dope. Um, I know my one of my buddies in high school used to crank that damn thing anytime he's leaving school. He's like, oh, time to go home, yep. put on the Imperial March. Oh, I'm yeah. like, all right, it's sick. Oh. So. Oh yeah, I have my ringtone now is the Galactic Empire, which is like the metal rendition version of the Imperial March, and and people hear that go off and they kind of recognize. They're like, it's kind of funny when it yeah. goes off because people are like they know what it is, but it's like a metal version of it. They're so like, they're like, like huh? Yeah. I know that <laughs> right, from right, somewhere. Right. Um, so, it was yeah, cr- it, it was nice. Is the Imperial March is known by most people in the world. Yeah, like that. That's what's nice about it. You don't have to be a crazy Star Wars fan if you just got to know some of some Star Wars. You hear that, you're gonna like wait because people get it messed well, up. Think is, is that, that Vader's music? I'm like no. Oh yeah, well that's that's the Empire. Well, Mil- well, Milton, back in like back in like the New England Patriots <laughs> for all our NFL fans here, back in the New England Patriots heydays, um, if you would watch like the Patriots pregame when they would come out of the tunnel, of course you know because the Patriots being like the dynasty that they were for 20 years. They would play the Imperial March when the Patriots would come out of their tunnel in their stadium and stuff. So, like, you know, stuff like that, it's just cool how it's integrated across um, all things. Just like the original original, um, opening score, the Imperial March is right there as, you know, they just cross all all boundaries. Right. Ben, I'm going to have you start off on Return of the Jedi. What is a memorable track for you that, that hits still to this day? Well, I would say, okay, um, I have one excellent and iconic one and uh, one absolutely atrocious, atrocious song in that movie. Please so, start with the atrocious one because i got to hear this first. Yeah. So so we, um, we've all seen, like, the, I guess you would say, latest editions of the original trilogies on Disney+. Plus. You know, given they're from George Lucas and everything, you know, hey, George has his flaws, too. And for me, approving the absolutely awful sequence, which is one of the worst sequences in all of Star Wars, in my opinion, <laughs> is the whole uh, Jabba's extended song, like the yeah. you know where it's like hootie day dan, like that crap. <laughs> that is so that is beyond atrocious and awful. Like every time I see that movie, it just totally takes me out of that sequence because. In Return of the Jedi, you can tell when they where George edited in that sequence because right. it goes from like quiet to that, back to quiet to like Leia sneaking in, and also just gives me like PTSD back to the old Battlefront days from the original Battlefront. That would just play on loop when you're on any Tatooine mission. Like it just it would just play 
for the full 20 minutes on the mission. And it's just like, it made me absolutely like hate that song. So like that by far is the worst piece of music yeah. in all of Star Wars. You know what's funny? You know what's funny about that? I actually kind of like that scene. I ain't gonna lie. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, that is no, the reason. You know, why, you know, you know. Listen, this is why I fell in love with it. Honestly, it's because the tapes. You know, I you know I still have them on tape. Yep. The, the special edition. <laughs> so I just love the, the again behind the scenes when he talked about yep. why he added certain scenes, why he did it back in '97. <laughs> So I just fell in love with like, oh, like the CGI, blah, blah, the uh, special editions. So I just kind of liked it. Yes, it, don't get me wrong. I like the original music in that scene. It's so much better because if you listen to the audio drama, they have the original music and it's fire. But yeah, Ben, I, I see why you don't like it. I just like it too much. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. I can't help it. Yeah. But it's oh, not yeah. great. Let, it's not great. Let's be real, though. The the reason oh, yeah, why I really like, like the, the the song is it just it's more Star Wars and I was like I don't yeah. care about the song I'm seeing this really cool looking like alien fuzzball guy singing his lungs out yeah. I'm seeing the girl with the snoot like this is cool and then you see like all the characters in the background like you're seeing the Weequay like banging along on the drums on the wall and you're seeing like Boba Fett like just lifting up like the chin of that. Twi'lek or whoever the Rodian, whatever it was. Uh, so I I enjoyed just like the behind the scenes aspect of like, oh look at all these new creatures. But I don't I so much didn't care for the music. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah like I I would be, I'd be totally cool with a different um track playing there. Like I'm fine with all the visuals. It's just the I think after hearing that that on repeat so many times from playing Battlefront, it's like I just cannot even stand that. Um, I I get that but, in. No, that that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, oh, but uh, because because anybody, hey, load up Star Wars Battlefront One or Battlefront Two from the two thousands, either Moss Eisley or the Jabba's level or the Dune Sea level. Really? All of them, they have yeah, they have that song. It literally is on replay. Like it goes through it, and then like you'll be in the middle of the mission, you'll just hear do do do, and just starts all over. And it's I'm like, have to watch oh it man, oh my god, that's oh, obnoxious. It's it's, it's it's so it's so bad. Like I at one point playing those old games, I would just go in when I played the Tattoo mission and just shut off the music for that mission. Um, but to get to a positive note, for me, I think the best piece of or like the most iconic um, part of Return of the Jedi, other than that that track, um, has to be the Yub Nub song at the end of the movie. Wow. How you given, gonna steal mine? I was gonna say that too. Like, no, given <laughs> given its change, uh, well, you, you can give an extended commentary on it yeah. too because it's it's so iconic. Because you know it wraps up the story perfectly. To me, um, say what you want about the sequels, prequels, even any of the Disney Plus stuff we've gotten so far. To me, the ending of Return of the Jedi is like the perfect ending for a movie like Saga, etc. Like you could cap Star Wars. At Return of the Jedi, like you could just nice. stop at the original trilogy, honestly, with that because the ending is perfect. And, um, you know, you have so many people say, Oh, well, but like it's story, you know, the galaxy continues, there's still stuff going on. Okay, whatever. This is a movie, and to me, like that just gives you the perfect, um, you know, it's cliche with like stories and stuff, but it's your perfect, like, happy ending to a story, like your fairy tale ending type deal. And, like, to me. Like, it just personifies, like, Star Wars. Like, you you know, you have the Ewoks celebrating. You have all this happy stuff going on with Luke and Leia and, and whatnot. And then, uh, 
you know, the Force Ghost, everything. Like to me, Yub Nub is is like the perfect track for that movie. Right. Now, have you ever heard the original track? I mean, you probably have, but I I don't really recall it. Like I just remember yeah, uh, nothing but the special edition. No, the, the Yub Nub, yeah, yeah. I I used to, I can hum it half the time, and like I, it's in the audio drama. Like Chris, if you yep. listen to the audio drama, they still have it in there. Like how they <laughs> end that particular thing, it's dope. Like it was good, and it, and it synced up well because I think like, did John write that one? Did he write Yub Nub or someone else? He 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 might have wrote that, but it syncs up perfect. Like, it fits for what it was for that particular ending obviously with them extending the ending and return of the jedi they needed new music that's why i don't mind the ending now in the i guess quote-unquote official canon version of it i don't mind that music at all but i do like yub nub too it's pretty dope you can't you can't go wrong with either one hmm yeah and but, uh so, so so you want to branch off of this one since he kind of stole yours no yeah yeah that's fine yeah i mean he yub nub is you know it's fire um I always like this particular track. It's the I think it's the whenever they're um this is the forest battle where it's like bump 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 that one that one stood out to me because of two things. Obviously the movie and just seeing how like the walkers are going up against the Ewoks and all that stuff. But um my one of my football coaches in high school used to cut our highlight tapes. And whenever he cut our highlight tapes together for our games he put like a, a song before you even click. You know, like back on DVD days, you have to like, you put it in there, the title screen come up, you click the button and it turns like a color and it comes on. So he always had Return of the Jedi theme, that one playing on one of our game tapes. You hit play and then it stops and then the game oh. starts. I'm like, oh, that's kind of dope. Like, it was cool. That always stood out to me. I'm thinking, yeah, I've always liked it. Um, and I guess my honorable mention would be the music whenever Luke is going up against his father, Vader. When it's that that chorus music, I think it's one of the first times they used chorus music in Return of the in Star Wars was when he's like, da, da. Well, you know, he's he slices his hand off at the end. Remember? Yep. That particular soundtrack was pretty dope. I can't even hum it because it's so different. But I've always liked the emotions behind that particular track. It just really just brought Star Wars together, especially with those particular characters and understanding like that father son conflict. So, yeah, yeah. I I mean I mine kind of goes along with yours, Milton, because it's the Emperor's theme. So yeah. It's, kind, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like so foreboding and just so evil. You know, it just really like John Williams just really he completely captured these characters' personas in the music that he plays that just enhances like the emperor's evilness in that moment and it's pretty cool because the next movie we'll talk about the phantom menace has an element of that song at the end of its movie um yep. and it's thanks to um uh wd uh david w collins that pointed it out it's like played in major or something like the mm -hmm. other octave yes. um so yeah that that's mine for sure um, honorable mention it's kind of the force theme but introduced in a different way and it's my favorite moment in Star Wars, I think, still to this day, is when Luke Skywalker is standing on the skiff above the yep. pit of Carcoon. And it's like, you hear, like, boom, boom, Yeah, boom. oh, yeah, the drums. And it's like, the yeah. freaking build-up 
it just like blasts you with the wall of sound and you see him doing a front flip R2-D2 slamming a saber out he grabs it in his heroic stance and just goes to town on those weak ways like I, I, it's just like no it's, it's, it's a good scene fast. it's no it's fast. a dope scene and what's so funny about that literally this morning at the gym I was watching uh some behind the scenes thing about that particular <laughs> scene and like this again I can't help myself y'all know I love the behind the scenes stuff but like <laughs> Uh, they were talking about the lightsaber and why Luke had a different saber. And they actually had these archives of interviews between Howard Kazanjian, um, uh, George Lucas. Um, who's the other producer? Um, um, Kazanjian, Kirshner. Not Kirshner. Who was the – Marquand. Who was the director? He was Marquand. Oh, uh, Richard Marquand. Uh, and all those guys. They were talking about like, well, why did Luke – have a different saber and they talked about this scene chris about you know with the saber popping out and then the build up and all that type of stuff and they mentioned the music i'm thinking yeah that's definitely a good soundtrack and a good track individually of how they built that scene up so i agree with that 100 percent. oh yeah oh yeah so um let's get into the prequels so quick little highlight about the prequels is man oh man i i'll be honest like the prequels soundtracks to me are, are almost up there with the quality of the original trilogy what oh without question what john no, williams has done with these three films has added so much to the overall exactly. feel of star wars beyond that anybody that could have ever put effort the amount that he put in and i'll and i'll and i'll throw this one to you first milton you can start off uh phantom well, menace I'll, I'll, yeah i'll say this you know when it comes to the music of the prequels this is the reason why I think I fell in love with audiobooks is because with the mix of the original trilogy and then the enhancement of the prequels and how they put these tracks in these audiobooks, it's like, damn, like I'm, I'm listening to movies every time I'm listening to a book. You know, this obviously Ben Burtt's sound effects, John Williams music and then the different writers coming. Like, it's just amazing. And these prequel films enhanced the audiobook experience i don't care what anyone tells me without these particular three films or i guess soundtracks the books themselves would be they'd still be good but when it comes to the audio versions they wouldn't be great because most audio books they just monotone read them to you there's no emotion behind it there's no feel there's no oxygen as i mentioned earlier about the music yeah you get it with these prequel films for sure especially with these soundtracks um when it obviously I'm not going to say the one that we all really like because that's just – we all can agree on it. That, that, let that be our honorable mention at the end, okay? One besides the one that we all can agree upon, and I'm looking at him right now, I would say the ending at Qui-Gon's funeral. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> like his – that music is so good. And I think how they touch on that imperial – not imperial, but like that emperor theme a little bit. With some of the Force and the Jedi theme, and it's like, yeah, some shit's about to go down in the next two films. I, it set it up perfectly, so I loved it. I think it's called High Council Meeting and Qui Gon's, you know, noble Qui -Gon's end or something, noble or, end. or, or, or yeah. Qui Gon's funeral. Noble ends before that. Oh yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you there, Milton. Like, like um, the that funeral music for Qui Gon is is so good. Like, it sets the tone of the feeling, everything. Like. You know, it, um, it has the good emotions, it has the emotions you need for the scene, like for Obi-Wan and the Emperor 
and just everybody around that uh you know that that scene's happening and like for me though when it comes to the phantom menace like of course you know we'll get to the dual fates but i think the other like really good underrated soundtrack from it is you know what we got from i i believe it was in the original trailer um the droid the droid theme from when the droids are on the planes of naboo when all the droids are coming out the like that whole that sound or that soundtrack is so good. Like the, I guess it would be like the invasion soundtrack. But ah, that took my yeah. It's called it's called droid, it's called droid invasion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. So like that that soundtrack to me <laughs> was so good and like so iconic because I think like I said I think it was in the original trailer. Um, if I if I, I mean I could be mistaken, but I feel like it was or at least it was used in the marketing back then. And that's always been a soundtrack that's really stuck with me just because it just. You know, when you hear that, you think of the Phantom Menace, in my opinion. Yeah, right. what's really cool about it, because I'm like kind of listening to some of these tracks as we talk about them, is it feels like it's a march. I mean, obviously it's a march, but it feels like the way the drums are, like you could imagine like a, a rows and rows of droids like stepping in beat. Like you could feel like the machine of it all, just like stomping well, you, through the planes. Well, well, you could see, you could just picture real world like, soldiers marching to that like in, yes. in real life though too like that's that's how you know applicable that piece of music is uh-huh oh yeah and what's um yours, yeah, what's your what's yours chris i want to hear it <laughs> well he kind of took mine so i'm gonna i'm <laughs> gonna have to i'm gonna have to go with anakin defeats anakin uh defeats Sebulba, the basically the yeah. pod racing track because Oh, it yeah. is so like dynamic and fast paced and suspenseful and just the symbol crashes and everything else that is just awesome. And what I will say overall, like you mentioned specifically about the audiobooks and the audio dramas there, Milton, I relate to the prequel music in video games more than anything else mm. because it's such a blast playing games like my longtime favorite, the old Republic MMO, where you'll just be like fighting enemies and also like um you know, Anakin defeats the Bulba track comes on, or you know, different things like the the, the March of the Droids comes on, and it, and it brings me back and it like ties everything together, even though this story I'm playing is like thousands of years in the past, mm -hmm. it still manages to like hit home that this is Star Wars you know, like, you think of the prequel music line instantly, yes, this is on par with all the other tracks from the original trilogy, exactly. it's all the same you know, so that's that's mine there Oh, for sure. That, that's a good track. And and obviously, I think we all can agree on Duel of the Fates. I think Duel of the Fates changed the game of Star Wars music. Hell, they did a music video on it. You guys yeah. remember that? They, yeah. they they did the music video. And that's the first... Actually, that's the first thing we heard of Darth Maul's voice, I think, huh. in that music video. Because he's like, he's like uh, fear. Fear attracts the fearful... Uh, the strong, the weak, the innocent, or something like that—that that, that Sith prayer that he does—and I'm thinking, yeah, Darth Maul's that dude. Um, but nah, that that whole video is dope. Cause actually, I think I have both those tracks on my iPod. I have the regular Duel of the Fates soundtrack, but I have the dialogue version where they're like they're talking behind the scenes in the movie clips. It is so good how they splice that together. I'm thinking, yeah, I want to go back and watch the the prequels. And actually, I'm in the middle of watching them right now. Hmm. Oh yeah, like like the Duel of Fates to me. Um, out of all out of all nine movies and the spinoffs and everything in the shows, to me, you have the the Star Wars theme, 
the Imperial March and the Duel of Fates, I think those, to me, are your most iconic tracks out of all Star Wars. Like, because if you play Duel of Fates, everyone knows, you know, where that's from. Generally, I would say it's right there with the Imperial March or um, the Star Wars theme. So, like, to me, you know, it's great for that aspect, crossing culture, but also just for the point it was used in the movie, because... I mean, look, the entire lightsaber fight, there was no dialogue at all. Like, it was just, I think the yeah. only dialogue is Obi-Wan going, uh, or whatever, when he gets, like, kicked. Um, so, like, you know, you have that sort of stuff, um, you know, and, and you get all the emotion, all the communication you need, and it's just strictly from the uh, the music. So, to me, like, Duel of Fates is, is easily top three Star Wars music um, all time. And just overall, like, it's some yeah, of John Williams' best work. Yeah, without question. Yeah, we got some chiming in on the uh, chat board. Dark Nerdy Guns is saying, I remember actually watching MTV CRL for all those youngins out there. That's what we used to watch mm -hmm. before the internet. Um, yep. <laughs> for the premiere of the Duel of Fates music video. Never forget yes. that we played it like three exactly. times. Exactly. Dark, dark, dark Nerdy Gonzo knows, okay, because he's probably about my age, because I'm, what, 34? Yeah. And that, I would have been. 10 or 11 when that movie came out and yeah mtv they had they premiered it and i was like yeah this is tight like yeah like i'm not it, it was so good dude so good that had to have been unheard of that that had to be a first like just to put a, a, a movie's soundtrack on a yeah. popular you know pop song network like what the hell is yeah. going on so how they did it like because they, they saw the, the videos on youtube so how they cut it was they cut it with footage of the movie and with behind the scenes of John Williams and everyone else working on the film. Like that's how good it is. Y'all need to go watch that. Wow. Just type in Duel the Face music video. Dark 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 Dirty Guns already knows. He's seen it probably two hundred times like I have. It's a good video because they splice in the behind the scenes stuff with clips of the film. Because hmm. because it starts out, I think, with with Darth Maul talking, I think, or something like that. Or it might have been Qui Gon, I can't remember, but yeah, it's dope. Yeah, so we're going to go over to Attack of the Clones. Um, mm -hmm. There's a couple big tracks off here. I'm going to go with uh, Zam the Assassin. That's basically the um, speeder chase through Coruscant. Um, it has the same kind of feel for me as the pod race. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I have a lot of themes going on here. I like the chase scenes where it really feels like in this one there's a lot of, lots of percussion going on. Um, very cool percussion. I'm not quite sure what it is some like tribal-esque like percussion going on in the beginning mm -hmm. uh very rapid like and then you you know you have zam wessel being chased by anakin and obi-wan and they're going through different areas of coruscant and again it just amplifies amplifies the scene and uh that, that's one of my favorite scenes from the movie of course so All right, right there you go yeah um for me it's it's the love theme it's the across the stars theme Whenever they are about to get executed, spoilers, about to get executed in front of the Geonosians, uh, whenever, you know, they can profess their love for everyone. I love that scene. It, it's it's such a good track, dude. And I think they use that same track in uh, Lost Stars, I think, at one point, a couple times, because they talk about those two characters being star-crossed lovers. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that particular theme. It still holds up. Oh, yeah, those... Those themes are really good, and I'm I'm looking at the track list right now for um, the movie, and I would say for me, honestly, um, just looking into it, I'd say to me, 
the, the Tuscan theme was really good because mm. it set the um, the transition of Anakin, you know, moving down the dark path of becoming Darth Vader. Like to me, you know, it had that like similar like percussion type vibes um, as like the Zam Wessel theme. Had some, had some drums and stuff in there. Like it was, mm. it was a uh, to me it was a really good theme. It was subtle, and it just set the uh, the tone, like the build up of like Anakin. Like you know, the theme starts out like more quiet because Anakin's with his mom and like you know she's dying, and blah blah blah, and then it just transitions more and more and more to like full blown like more of a dark theme because you know he's committing a dark act by slaughtering right. the Tuscans. So like I thought that was one of the better themes from that movie. Yeah, and, and just to piggyback off that, the the homestead, which is the I think it's connected with that particular theme. Whenever he's talking yep. to uh, Padme and the uh, on the Tatooine farm, when he's raging out about just lashing out about Obi Wan and not saving his mom, and that build up, like now, and, and she's like, "What's wrong?" And again, he's like, he's not even talking to her. He's just talking to like space, yep. and like how that just builds up. And I'm like, yeah. And then it transitions into a dun, 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 like the Vader theme. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's tight. Like, it, it was good usage, man. Like, yeah. Again, music is why the Star Wars is so great. But, yeah. And I, I, I want to start the next one off. I'm sorry okay. I'm hijacking it. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. It's by far my favorite album of all time when it comes to Star Wars music. Revenge of the Sith oh. from 1 to 15 is by far my favorite track listing. I think I have like six different tracks that I love on this. If I had to pick, I'm going to pick two. Battle of Heroes and Dark, or Anakin's Dark Deeds. Those are by far my favorite <laughs> ones. Like I, The Dark Deed one's actually probably going to be number one for me because that's the scene whenever, whenever he's on Mustafar and he just kills the Separatists and he's looking out to that sky, and he's crying with that single tear, and he knows he's, he, he messed up. Well, not messed up. He knows he crossed the line. He knows he's now immersed at Darth Vader. He's getting there, and he you see the regret remorse, but he's not going to take it back. He's like, I got to do this for my girl. I got to do this to save my wife because he's so scared. He's so fearful. That buildup is so good, and that's whenever Palpatine does um, the whole... The Empire will transition into, or the Republic will transition to our Empire. Dude, I get goosebumps talking about it. That's how good it is. Like, that whole scene is dope. So I love that track. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it says so much for the moment, you know. It does. It's like, just... it, 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 it tells so many, like, stories. And it's only, like, a five-minute track. And it covers so much in that movie. And it's like, damn how powerful that track is. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with the opening track. I think we're all going to have different ones for this one, easily. There, like you said, Milton, there's so much in these 15 tracks hit heavy and hit hard because there's mm -hmm. so much emotion in this movie more than like any other Star Wars movie. This is emotion, man. Um, and, and what I will say is the way the movie starts, very quiet. You just mm -hmm. hear a big drum. Boom, 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 yep. boom. And it pans down, and it's just chaos above Coruscant. It's so tight. And it's so good. And it's so good because it's the force theme, but it's built up like slower, but like more impactful. And it 
totally encapsulizes the relationship of Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's this very yep. heroic opening, like, we got this, guys. We got the two best Jedis of the galaxy going against General Grievous. They, the, the Separatists got no chance right now. You got the Jedi Starfighters expertly piloting through all the droid tri-fighters and the ARC-170s backing them up. It is so freaking glorious, and you just hear that song, and you just feel like triumphant you know it's Bro, just like, it's like, it's like let me get in the cockpit of a ship. yeah let me go out there with them <laughs> yeah. like it's so, and that, that drum i wish they put the drums in the actual soundtrack because they're not in it but the movie does imagine having surround sound and getting that boom boom oh oh yeah it's tight <laughs> oh yeah i i agree with you guys completely like that soundtrack is so good well or as you mentioned even to start this whole um segment milton um all the soundtracks for this movie are great, in my opinion. They're all really good. Like, you could play any of them, and they're all really, really good. And, like, the opening soundtrack, to me, is such a good one because, like you said, Chris, it sets the whole tone for Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like, we got our heroes. They're going on their mission, etc. Like, And, like, to me, it was exciting just because, like, back then, anyways, before the actual the new Clone Wars came out, like, you know, we the end of the Tartakovsky Clone Wars was literally them going to rescue Palpatine from Grievous. Like, they were getting in their ships, leaving. So, like, it literally tied directly into that movie. So, like, that was even more um, impactful for me just because I love that series. And then, you know, also with that whole sequence, um, I believe that's one of our longest-held shots. Like, you know, the, the shot tracks with their ships and everything. Like, you know, it doesn't cut. And, like... You know, that's one of the longer held just um, steady shots that we get in all of Star Wars. So, like, you know, it just it works really well for the sequence. And uh, and yeah, it's just one of the best overall tracks for the movie. Mm. Now, yeah, I, I would say for me, though, um, you know, you have that track. I think, you know, that was my original choice, actually. So, uh, you know, that one was taken. And then. I would say, you know, you have obviously the Palpatine's teachings, like yeah. you know, the whole Darth Plagueis stuff. That's so really good. good. Um, but to me, like when I think of Revenge of the Sith, I think of the Anakin versus Obi-Wan theme. Yeah. Just because like, you know, them fighting on Mustafar, you have all those um, like horns and everything, you know, playing and just all the um, visuals that go along with it are so good. And if you look it up... Um, you know, there have been plenty of, like, live live appearances of John Williams, like, playing that in, in a concert style. Huh. And it's cool because, you know, you can find the videos on YouTube, like, like he's played that, like, theme in concert style, and they'll have the actual fight playing on a big screen in the background. So you see the fight, and then you actually, like, the people in person are hearing the Anakin vs. Obi-Wan theme playing, like, with the fight in the background. So, like, you know, seeing, seeing different clips like that, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, really, to me... Like, that's, like, the tone of the Revenge of the Sith movie is that buildup of that big fight. I mean, you know, we got it from the original poster of the movie, Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting. So it's like you have um, their theme, like, really personifies that movie. Right. Yeah. And and I've never gone to, what was that, Star Wars in concert they were doing? Yeah. I've, I've always seen, like, clips of it. Dude, that'd be, I would love to go to that someday. You know, I, I mean, I don't see John... Uh, John Williams doing that anytime soon or in the future. I mean, you know, he is 90 some years old, but if, if they, if they had like a Michael Giacchino or a Kevin Kiner or someone that we would trust with the music, I think I would go to something like that. 
just to see them put the clips up there and have the live orchestra playing, man, I'm getting goosebumps again. I can't help myself, dude. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now because that's how dope it would be. Yeah, I, I I seen the Return of the Jedi version in um, a couple a couple of years ago at New York Comic Con during that same weekend. That was one of the events yeah. they had, and it was it was so crazy, man. Like just that's sick. the feeling of being with that full wave of music hitting you live in front of a giant screen watching the movie. It's yeah. you gotta catch it. I, I I was seeing a lot of advertisements, at least in my area. Um, they were always like in jersey just like putting on oh they're playing a new hope this week or they're playing this but yeah i would like to see the damn prequels man like i, I i've seen enough of the original trilogy i want to see somebody mm. play the, the prequel tracks come on right yeah i mean we we still have i know where i live here we have a, a drive-in theater and they play all the new stuff but I, i'm hoping that they would play like star wars i mean being outside and you can just crank the sound up that'd be dope like oh man that'd be sick <laughs> Heck yeah. So do you guys want to move on to the next couple movies? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's do All it. right. Uh, do you want to just do like honorable mentions with, with the spinoffs or do you want to go right for the sequels? We can. I, let's Pardon? go. Let's go. I, I think let's go sequels and then let's pick our favorite spinoff tra uh, movie track. Yep. All right. Well, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to the sequels, there's not a lot of variety. And I I'll about think. To say it was because mm. John Williams is no offense to him, but he's getting up in age, and mm -hmm. like there's three tracks out of the entire trilogy that I can think off the top of my head, mm. and that's the Kylo Ren theme, that's the Ray theme, and that's the the Resistance theme. Okay, that's all I know, right? Like is that is that, is that the head. entire entire trilogy for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which no no no, and and I'm bringing this up for a reason because I think I've always said. The weakest part, besides you know the sequel trilogy being the Last Jedi, has been the music in the sequel trilogy. And and I don't want to blame John Williams per se because he, he's very talented. Hell, I can't do what he does. Yeah. But I felt like he got a weird mandate that about from Disney saying, uh -huh. "Hey, let let's let's do it differently." Like, no man, like you just made the prequels, bro. Like no, you should let's... be giving this. Like you no, should be giving no. us that type of music, like in the in the original or the excuse me the uh, sequel trilogy. Just you just, gotta you gotta let the past die. Remember? <laughs> no, freak that. All right, Ryan Johnson, nah, bro, nah. You know what? It's just like, but, hey, you know what? You know what? You know what? Uh, Bill Belichick yeah. would say, you know, do your damn do your job. job. Yep. Keep it simple. All right, keeping it simple wins games too. All right. Yeah, like like realistically, just looking at the like the Force Awakens track, I have it up right now. Like, to me, I mean, we'll get into The Last Jedi after this, but, like, to me, um, for Force Awakens, I would say one of the better tracks would have to be, like, the opening track, like, when Kylo and them are Attack on attacking Jacko. that village. Yeah, that yeah. whole sequence. Oh, yeah. I think, that, I think that's a pretty good sequence. Um, you know, it's not anywhere close to any of the tracks we've talked about so far. Oh, without but question. It's, it's a uh, it's a good, serviceable gosh serviceable it's bad using that word but it's a good serviceable track for star wars like it sets the tone it kind of sets the whole hey here's your new villain type deal and uh and you know it it, it did its job in that in that regard i i agree with that i think the attack on jakku village because i do have that soundtrack on my ipod the whole thing i'll be honest with you and i've listened to it yep. i do like that particular track because of the especially when they get to like 
Kylo Ren part of whenever they get to the planet. Then I would probably have to say the abduction whenever uh, they take her off of the planet and Finn is doing his traditional Ray. He screams at her. <laughs> I, I like uh. how yeah, I like how that leads up to it. And then I kind of like well no I like the Jedi steps at the end whenever Ooh, she's walking up. I to like Luke. that one. Mm-hmm. I like that's probably my favorite one because that build up and then it's a loot because like oh that's my guy spoiler yeah. like I love how it led up to him so Jedi steps is probably my favorite track when it comes to the Force Awakens. Yeah, I I find myself humming like even though I said at the beginning like there weren't a lot of like tracks like variety wise as mm-hmm. we could expect for the prequels. I will say that Rise of the Resistance theme, it just kind of... That thing? Yeah, when they're flying over yeah. Takadana and the, the X-Wing, it's like... Yeah. That, I, I get that in my head a lot, and I'll just start humming it and stuff, and I'm, like, catching myself, like, yeah, it's a catchy song, and it's very mm-hmm. uplifting, and it's very, like, yeah, the good guys are coming in to save the day. We got Poe Dameron right. and the rest of uh, the Resistance going to save the day. So I, I, I right. enjoyed that one. No, I, I will say the Force Awakens soundtrack is probably the best one out yeah. of the sequel trilogy, without yeah. question. I think I think because there was a lot more time put in it. I think there was a little bit more thought process, and I know John Williams was hyped about doing race theme. He kept talking about that. I remember like he's saying he's like yeah he's like I had to write for this girl. Like I loved how they wrote her in the script. He's like I had to put a theme together for her. So oh oh yeah for sure and like you know um, I guess I would say transitioning to the to Last Jedi. Like, for me, I think, so, you know, I didn't break up Ray's theme for Force Awakens just because we didn't really get a lot of it. And to me, her theme, I think, was used the best for The Last Jedi. Like, to me, the, uh, like, Ray's theme is, it's not my top five, but it's in my top ten of favorite Star Wars music. I think, to me, I think it's the best music of the entire sequel trilogy, just because, you know, it's a touch of the Force theme it's it's iconic like it's not iconic i would say it's it's really it's the most quote-unquote i'd say star wars to me out of the sequel trilogy like just which one you said force, force awakens the the ray the ray theme oh the ray theme. oh yeah 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 i i would say the ray theme is the most quote-unquote like star wars feel to me out of all of the sequel trilogy soundtracks like and i think her like her theme was best utilized in the last Jedi, like for her sequences there on the mm-hmm. Island and stuff. Like I, uh, like to me, that was the best use of her theme. And, uh, you know, I feel like John Williams talks so much about it. Cause like, even in the back of his head, he knew it was probably like the best track he'd made for the sequels. Right. Um, so to me, yeah, that, that soundtrack I would say is probably the best and it's the, uh, the best used in the last Jedi. Um, yeah, I'm having a hard time just trying to find out one to pick here. I've spotted so the last Jedi. I, you yeah, know that, again, I, you got, I look, man, I do it every time. You know, I do not like this movie, and that's part of why, too, because the music's not great. You know, it does. The I, only thing I like about that movie when it comes to the music is whenever Kylo Ren and Luke go at it, and it's the spark. Whenever, like, oh, that's a Leia, good one. So, so, so he builds up, he walks in sees leia and they play like that leia theme and luke theme a yeah. little bit and then he winks at 3po and then it's boom 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 boom
burning like triangle of the door. Dun, 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 and then the gorilla walker stop. And that's when he's like fire upon that man or whatever. That build up was dope. I I will say that was tight. And then when it comes to the last Jedi track, it's actually called the last Jedi. Whenever Ray or excuse me Kylo goes to slice through Luke, it's like uh-huh. and they build up for that. I like how that tie. It's really good how that does it. Now there is a scene or a clip on YouTube where it's set it's titled "How Music Changes a Particular Scene." Mm-hmm. They take Anakin's Dark Deeds theme whenever uh, Kylo it puts the saber through Luke. Dude, that scene plays so much better with Anakin's music. I kid you not. I'll send it to you guys in the chat. It's that dope. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, but I, I, I say the Spark and The Last Jedi are the best tracks in that movie. The honorable mention, I can't believe there's a track titled Fun with Finn and Rose. Jeez, are you kidding me? Stop. I'm, I'm looking at the track list right here. It literally says Fun with Finn and Rose. Yeah, that's why the movie wasn't <laughs> good. <laughs> I, I, I'm listening to the Chrome Dome track, and I'm actually really digging it towards the later part of the song. It really feels like slow and heavy like two people are dueling so i mean that's the thing with with mm-hmm. john williams is he's able to put the feeling of what's happening on screen into the actual music and make it feel like it it's compatible and it works along with what's happening so i'm imagining like impacts happening between uh the characters of finn and, and uh not general grievous but um chrome doom uh phasma yeah fighting phasma. there on on a, a falling apart supremacy so there you go. I pulled one out for you at the end of uh, going to the last last movie of the of the whole saga. What do you what are your guys' picks for Rise of Skywalker? Do you have anything that comes to mind? Oh God, I, uh, I it, 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 yeah, I really don't. I'll be honest with you. Um, gosh, I I wish I can say that I did. I'll be I'll be just flat out real with you. I have to look at the tracking list right now. I'm looking at it right now. Give me a second. Yeah, because I really I really have no idea. If anything stunt stands out to me, um, I mean maybe, uh, maybe the the final saber duel whenever Ray and Kylo are going at it, but that's not great either. I mean I, I feel like, like the there's scene. a lot of dead music at that point when they're on the Death yeah. Star. Well yeah, when they're on the yeah they're on the uh, indoor Death Star, and they're uh, surrounded by the ocean. There is some music that plays, but it's not great. Like, they don't change it. And this is why I get so upset about the sequel sometimes, because it's like you had these epic stories you could have told, mm-hmm. and you could have music that should have gone with it. And this is why, as fans, I said it I think I said it two weeks ago, it's crazy how we as fans can go on YouTube now, splice up some stuff, and make it ten times better. Because I know for that particular scene, they put the Battle Hero song on that same scene, and it plays so much better. So much better. So I really can't give you an actual, like, yeah, nothing. Just, yeah, nothing. Nothing. Maybe really comes maybe, together. Maybe the journey to Extagol. Extagol. Whenever he's talking to Palpatine. I'm, I'm listening to that right now, and that's that's the one thing I was like, oh, there's some cool elements in there. But maybe. again, a lot of it is just all ripped from uh, Empire Strikes Back and some other movies. Yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of original, like purely original tracks in this one. They all seem like they're kind of a melding of what's come before, which makes sense. I mean, it's the last film of the saga, so you're 
you're paying respects to everything that came before to kind of wrap it up. But I, but I would have liked like one, at least one pure original. Maybe I'm explaining it wrong. Maybe there is something, and um, I'm not seeing everything right now. But I mean, uh, that's yeah, what stood the, out I mean, to me. I mean, oh yeah, none of the. Just even looking at the track list here, like I can't even like tell other than like some of the obvious points like where some of these tracks take place just because it's like i don't they're not um they're not great and to me i would say the best use of music i don't even know what track it was used in the scene even was when you have um when you have poe saying like basically saying like all hope is lost blah 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 yep. blah, blah and like you know the music is like dying and then as soon as uh -huh. lando shoots in it's like yep. it's like Whatever music plays in that sequence, like that whole that whole scene is still, in my opinion, one of the best scenes in the sequel trilogy. Just because it's like you know, like hope coming back to the galaxy or whatever, and you know, just like cliche stuff, like heroic stuff. Like I think that's one of the best sequences in the sequel trilogy. And you know, the music in that was probably a factor in the background, like for setting, you know, the mood and tone of that scene. Like it feels feels like all hope is lost and then boom, like Lando and everybody comes in to save the day. So like I thought that was an excellent um use of music mm. for uh, an excellent music use of music for music that wasn't very iconic. Yeah, well yeah, what yeah, I will exactly. say about that track specifically is they actually play the the main theme of Star Wars in context of the yep. actual movie and that's the first time they say. ever did that so for me i would i would say hey that was something that stood out to me on the first or second viewing was wow they've not they've never done that before no i agree no i agree and like i said that but this is where you like you mentioned i think it might have been you chris or maybe you ben but something about this is the last film you know you want to pay homage to the entire trilogy or the entire saga it's like you could have used multiple multiple tracks from all the movies to at least try to meld them in better, you know, and this is why again, if, if this movie was titled Duel of the Fates, I guarantee you we have a different soundtrack because we, he would they definitely would have used more prequel film music for sure and George, or excuse me, John would have came up with some new things just to wrap up the entire saga Yeah, uh, it is what it is, man so, so that's all the tracks that we enjoyed from the Star Wars saga uh, so far, if there's any like uh, honorable mentions from anything else, mm. um, we can we can say I, those. I mean, yeah. basically, it's just two spinoff movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would I would say like honorable mentions. We have a few. So like we can we can mention some stuff from the spinoff movies. But I think I think we can't not talk Star Wars music without mentioning some of the stuff from the shows. So like for me, I would say, you know, in terms of noticeability and you know especially nowadays with how popular it is the mandalorian theme has to be without question in, in there like because if you play that that do 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 anywhere people know what that like they know oh that's the baby yoda that's the baby yoda show like you know that's 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 what people hear and that's what they associate it with like if you play that music and 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 you know it's an iconic and a really good track because it's just like the James Bond theme in terms of it's like in the Bond movies. Whenever James Bond's in trouble, like if he's going through a uh, a sequence where uh, something bad or he's doing something heroic, like and his, the main 007 music is playing, you know it. You know like oh yeah, it's it's time for him to like 
you know, kick butt, get into action. Like, and, you know, you notice that in the Mandalorian show, like, or even in the book of Boba Fett during the two Mandalorian episodes, like you have, um, you have sequences where, you know, Din's going through and that music's playing and it's like, oh yeah, you know, like this is our guy like doing his thing. Like, so to me, the Mandalorian theme has to be mentioned if we're talking Star Wars music. That's a good one. No, I, I, I can't disagree at all. Uh, one um, thing that comes to oh, go ahead. No, let's go, let's go, go ahead, Ben. Or excuse me, Chris, go ahead. <laughs> you're, you're, you're probably none of you are going to see this one coming. But one of the most memorable things that came out of Star Wars Resistance was the soundtrack and the theme. It's like, and I don't know, that's again, like the, like the resistance theme, I'll be taking a shower and for whatever reason, yep. it just comes to my mind and I'll just be like in the shower, just like coming along to the Star Wars resistance theme. And I'm like, of all the songs of Star Wars, of all the Star Wars properties, I mean, I like the show, but I don't think I loved it that much for this thing to be stuck in my head. But damn, if it isn't a catchy song. Right. Yeah, no, uh, you know, so the animation I think it's worth noting that you know you mentioned live action of course Mandalorian it's the hottest thing in TV and it has been for the last couple of years but I think it's worth uh, do um, talking about Kevin Kiner and about what he has added um, to the Clone Wars to Star Wars Rebels to the Bad Batch he has added so much um, that I want to oh. hear more of in the, in the mainstream of things you know oh for, for sure. sure before um make your point, Milton, unless I unless I steal your track here. Um, I, you know, you're mentioning Kevin Kiner with Rebels. Like, to me, I think, you know, of course, along with the Mandalorian track, I think one of the better tracks under the Disney era so far is the uh, the track you hear when Kanan is holding the, uh, the fire back right before yep. he dies. Like, that track is so dang good. Mm. Like, that literally, you talk about taking away music, you know, take away that from that scene and whatever he just dies but like setting the, you know that track to me is one of the better tracks like because that like you know when you're we all watching that when he died it was like man that's an emotional moment like that yeah. that hits like and i think that's one of the better tracks under the entire disney era mm. absolutely I, I don't disagree at all and then before i get to mine like i just piggyback off that can we get some more love to kevin Kiner? like that mm -hmm. he, he's that dude when it comes to star wars music he he has been so good at utilizing John Williams' themes and creating some new ones at the times. Because I love the Clone Wars soundtracks, like like especially the Clone Wars late or saber battles. The musics are so good for them, and Kevin Kiner is just doing some wonderful things when he did Clone Wars. So give him that love. My pick is Michael Giacchino, uh, his soundtrack from Rogue One. I oh yeah, love, that's great. I love that soundtrack. I have every. I literally downloaded that like a week after the movie came out, because people were like shitting on that soundtrack at first. And I'm like, what? This music is good. Like, literally, I've listened through track one through how many it was. Now, I will say the weakest one out of it was the first set track where they do like that whole like, da da that, you know what I'm talking about? That comes in like, oh, real, yeah, the like, loud, where it's like, bum, bum, yeah. or you yeah, know, that's whatever. stupid. Yeah, that's dumb. But everything else, like the Krennic uh, music, um, the Jetta intro yeah. type. Um, whenever um, Aspirations director, when he chokes him out, that's mm -hmm. good. Whenever, hell, even when Tarkin pops up for the first time, so good. Like, it's tight. And then, obviously, at the end, 
whenever Vader is wrecking shop. And I, so I think it's called Jen or so and it's called Jen or so or it's called Hope. And then it's called Your Father Will Be Proud. And like both those tracks when live it's mm-hmm. it's so oh, good. Oh yeah. Like literally that whole if, if you guys are watching this or you just wanna like listen to a soundtrack, get that. Because literally it's telling a story through the music. That's how good it oh, is. Yeah. Oh yeah, I completely agree with you. Like the Rogue One soundtrack, like you said, a lot of people were were shitting on it when it came out, and it's like, I think it's it's a really good soundtrack. Like, you know, sure there was that the one track that's kind of a little wonky, but overall, mm. like, I think I think that soundtrack's really good. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's on a, a, a lot of the the um, the tracks from it are on my my like Star Wars music playlist. Mm. And another one too, to mention, um, you know, as we're uh, mentioning more honorable mentions i guess um one of my most favorite star wars tracks in general isn't from a movie a show uh an audiobook it's from actually a game and it it has to be mentioned the republic commando theme the i'm not sure it's like if if you heard it i guarantee i bet you you would recognize it right away because it's like it's it's actual like operatics like singing where it's like oh do 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 um and it's literally so good like the main republic commando theme is excellent and like if you uh you know if you get a chance to check that out that i think is one of the best overall like um you know most honorable mentions i would say yeah and underrated exactly and and just to just to finish my my point off when it comes to rogue one the best well yeah. i wouldn't say the best but a very emotional scene is whenever she's talking to her father jen is talking to uh um, yeah um what's it what's uh, what's his name galen mm-hmm. through, through the galen. holocron oh and he's telling her about the death star plans and that music build up and how she's so emotional and they're both like crying i'm thinking dude like I, every time I watch it, like I get teary eyed and thinking, "Yo, that's such a good scene because she's breaking down, knowing that she hasn't seen her father in like what twenty years or whatever it was, and like that's the first time she saw him and she thought he was a traitor, or, or something like that, or what the hell was going on. Like it was so good. Like the music choice used was so good. So yeah, I love that soundtrack. Yeah, one final one for me from a video game is one of my favorites. Uh, going back to nineteen ninety six, the big multimedia publishing effort shadows of the empire man every time you put on the n64 go to the title screen and they even play that track in the battlefront 2 game like the current 2017 one and i get i get hyped because it's like that track that you would think of with like prince zizor and dash rendar and like the battle of hoth a little bit too uh, so, so, so I mean, that stands out. There's also like a Boba Fett theme, um, that somebody evidently enough was playing. It was so funny. I was at celebration this last time and I was walking around the convention center. Um, and, and I heard this music and it was near me, but it was like, I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And I went down the escalator and then I see like a, and you could see the costume in my cosplay video. There is like a Western style Boba Fett who has like. <laughs> like the poncho over his shoulder, like Clint Eastwood. And he was walking around with a Bluetooth speaker of like that Shadows of the Empire, like Boba Fett theme, which I think oddly enough actually was a John Williams song, but they put it into Shadows of the Empire. I think of it as a Shadows of the Empire Boba Fett song. 
So yeah, you had this Boba Fett walking around with like a Bluetooth speaker somewhere on him, like blasting that music, and I was like, I gravitated toward that song and him, like it was like my calling card. I was like, where is that coming from? Where? Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. So 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 there there you go. I mean, we little little fun conversation on this week's episode of Outer Rim Transmission. Just, you know, taking it old school and just kind of going going off of one topic, explaining, you know, we updated you guys on the news, but there's not there's not a whole lot going out this week. Um, we're going to have a lot more to talk about. Um, definitely towards the end, of the, uh, uh, the end of the month with a new docuseries with some conventions like Comic-Con coming around. Um, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to talk about. We'll have more trivia as the weeks go on. And... Uh, yeah, we're gonna keep things rolling until Andor, which now we can say is coming out next month. So a lot to look forward to, as always. If you are a Star Wars fan, comics, we got novels. I finished my review um, for Shadow of the Sith. Absolutely awesome. I was talking about it a lot last week with Matthew from Ion Cannon, and I can confirm now that that book is awesome and it's basically essential reading if you really want to know the ins and outs of the sequel trilogy. It definitely enhances it. And I can't wait to go back and watch Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. To kind of have a different context of knowing exactly what is happening behind the scenes. Um, mm. So so there you go. You can find out all that on my recent video of, uh, of my spoiler-free review on the channel right now. Milton, what are you going to be up to this week, man? Uh, this is going to be a quiet weekend, just chilling, hanging out, doing me. Um, as I slowly start preparing to go on vacation mode in a couple weeks. So I'm just going to be getting stuff done around my place, hanging out with some friends, hopefully, and just chilling at the spot. So, And obviously working out like I normally do. But uh, if you want to find me, find me on Twitter at Milton Weber, the number seven, or on Instagram at Milton, the number seven Weber. There you go. Ben, thanks for joining yeah, us I mean, tonight. Oh, yeah. As always, I... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing pretty much the same thing as Milton. Um, just working out, and that's about it. Nothing nothing too crazy this weekend really planned. Um, and you can find me at Real Ben Maynard on Instagram. There you go. And uh, as always, if you're listening, you can find me on YouTube.com/StarRaptor, where me, Ben, and Milton go live every Friday night around nine o'clock Eastern. And you can listen to us if you're watching after the fact. Listen to us on any of your podcast networks, and we really want to kind of beef up. The numbers on our podcast. So if you have any Star Wars friends that like to listen to podcasts, go ahead, share us uh, to your friends and tell us, you know, that you sent them here and we'll try to give them a shout out. Um, and you can always join us live in the chat like Dark Nerdy Gonzo and many others throughout the last couple of weeks and months that we've been doing this podcast. And well, I can say we've been doing it over a year now as of May. I forgot to even mention that. So, yeah, we've, we've got a whole year under our belts and we have no signs of stopping. So, again, we think... Thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, so that's going to do it for me, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, for Milton, for Ben. This was episode number 65 of the Outer Rim Transmission Podcast. Until next time, end transmission.